Let me pray first. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for the opportunity um, to be here as your people to invite the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us. And we do pray, as is this, this series, this theme, what we're focusing on, we do pray, come Holy Spirit, come and move among us, come and minister to us, come and speak to us, we pray this morning. Come and show us what your love is like. Draw us into the love, the heart of the Father who loves us unconditionally, we pray. Come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. I want to start by saying you are loved more than you can possibly imagine or fathom or dream or comprehend. The love of God is so extravagant and amazing and unconditional and exuberant and um, culture-challenging and unorthodox and... Um, here endeth the sermon. No, no. Um, and, and, and we could never grasp the height and the depth and the breadth and the, the width and the, the, the height of, of God's love for us. I wanted to start there this morning, not just because it's Mother's Day, although mums, you are especially loved by God, of course, um, and the way that, you, that God's love has poured through you into our lives, we are all so, so grateful for. Um, but I want to start with this reminder that we are loved deeply by God because, because, uh, that, that's what the sermon is essentially about today. But as we, we go into these chapters, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, you may go, well, um, I'm, 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 how is it about, you know, we're loved by God. I hope that we'll see that this morning. Um, a bit of an, an introduction. We're in a series called Come Holy Spirit. Start getting to know the Holy Spirit, His purpose and desire in our lives. It's that's to, to draw us into God's love. Um, we get to know his love, God's trustworthiness, his faithfulness as we step out in faith into uh, what he's leading us in. Even take a risk. That was the message last week. Sometimes you've got to step out onto the water before we experience um, what the Holy Spirit is doing. Today and next Sunday, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians. This is a letter written uh, by Paul as guidance to a church who have uh, forgotten the main thing, if you like. I've gotten a little bit distracted by certain, certain things. Uh, he, Paul was instrumental in starting the, the church in Corinth, this the first letter to the Corinthians, and um, he's reminding them, look, guys, it's all about Jesus. It's all about unity in the church around Jesus and his, the good news that he has brought to this earth, that God is a God of love and of salvation, and he is the one who has come uh, to bring you into the kingdom. Um, he starts saying, you know, chapter 1, some say they follow Paul, some say I follow Apollo, some say I follow Cephas, others say, and he's going, God, it's not about that. Bring it back to Jesus. Not me, not Apollos. We're just, we're just servants, just the same as you are. He, he goes in chapters 5 through 8 um, on issues of, of godliness and Christ-likeness being the goal when he's dealing with sexuality and things around food and sin issues and marriage and all this sort of stuff. Chapter 9, then he moves on, he says things like, the gospel being proclaimed, the good news is what it's all about. Uh, we, we put up, this is verse 12, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some and I do this all for the sake of the gospel. The good news, the good news. Remember what it's all about. There's some particular issues he deals with in the particular context of Corinth in this letter. 
um, in these chapters as well. Then he gets to verse, uh, sorry, chapters 12 to 14, and that should be up on the screen, chapters 12 uh, to 14 about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, sometimes these gifts are referred to as the, the charismata, um, literally, you know, uh, spiritual gift, a spirit gift. Uh, for example, healing, prophecy, speaking in tongues, quote unquote, uh, speaking in a language cognitively unknown to the person. And there are gifts other than these in different parts of the Bible, but there's a reason that this particular list in verse, uh, chapter 12 are, are listed um, particularly and distinctly. They're distinctly spirit-empowered, supernatural ways God can work through the believer. Chapter 12 is about this, um, no, we're still in chapter 12, this suite of gifts, uh, and he says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I think this, is, th- this encouragement is just as important for us today um, as, as people who are in maybe a different context to Corinth, but that we not be uninformed. Now, it's not through some malicious intent of some teachers or whatever that we can become misinformed or uninformed. But be, well, sometimes it is, but I don't think that's mo- the case most of the time. But because we get our learning a little bit of this and a little bit from here and a little bit of that, and, and we kind of try to put it together and go, uh, this is what I think about this. And it's so easy to then be uninformed or misinformed about the gifts. We're going to come back to this suite of gifts, all of them listed in that chapter, next week. Chapter 13, the next chapter, he says, the motivation and the goal. Uh, this, this, this discourse in the middle saying, the most excellent way is love. Who had this at their wedding? 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, etc. Uh, none of it matters if it's not grounded in love. Remember what the Holy Spirit's goal and desire is always to do. Draw us into the love of God, the heart of God, the heart of the Father. If I speak in tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, if I'm all miraculous in all sorts of ways, but do not have love as the motivation, I'm like a clanging cymbal. I'm just a big noise. It's no point. Then in chapter 14, he returns to the gifts again, the charismata, and particularly prophecy and speaking in tongues. For many people, when uh, addressing this topic, talk about chapter 12, the suite of the gifts, what he says about that. Then chapter 13, about love, and then stop. Okay, well, see, love is what's important, so let's just get on with that. Or maybe go on to chapter 14, unpack that a bit, and focus on the warnings about the incorrect use of speaking in tongues and prophecy and all that. And then turn a caution, which is what it is. There's a lot in there, a caution not to do this and make sure that it's used in the right way. But turn a caution into a reason to avoid this altogether. And I think in doing so, if, if we do that, we miss Paul's main emphasis. So that's my introduction. Now, I would love Amy to come and read the beginning of chapter 14. But having said that, just I would encourage you to take note of what the message is here for us. Thanks, Amy. There we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 6. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. 
But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be edified. This is the word of the God, Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we move on, um, we're going to do something later, where, um, which I'll explain later, but there's a message hopefully going to your phone right now. Um, if it doesn't go to your phone, um, then you're not on the, on the SMS list, but we'll put the number up later. Um, because, um, before I forget, we're, we're encouraging, uh, uh, you, if you have any questions about any of this stuff, um, we're actually going to do an FAQ Sunday on um, the 30th of May, where we take various questions and things and go, okay, let's try and unpack some of the things we missed. Because inevitably, I will miss a lot <laughs> of things in relation to this topic. So never fear. We would love to see what people are wrestling with and what you're thinking about and then talk about that. So hopefully you'll receive that SMS sometime in the next 10 minutes when the very slow church phone sends the SMS out. Um, so here's the word of the Lord, I, I believe, for us in this scripture that we just read. Use the gifts of the Spirit in a way that aligns with the Holy Spirit's goal and desire, which is that you and others be drawn deeper into God's love. I told you I'd be coming back to this every single week as much as I possibly can. Use the gifts in a way that aligns with that desire he has. Nowhere does Paul say that he discourages any of these gifts. Nowhere does he debate the validity of any of these gifts. His constant message is use them well. Not just use them, use them well, for the right reasons, with the right motivations. And in fact, not just use them, pursue them for the right reasons. So our context um, as a church family, the Billabong church family, is a little different to Corinth, right? First Corinthians is written to Christians who are misusing these wonderful uh, gifts that the Holy Spirit has given. And I don't think that this church family generally has that, that problem. I don't see many of you doing circles around the building, yelling in tongues during worship or, or um, giving prophecies that don't you know, align with Scripture or anything. I don't really see that happening in this context. However, I do think that Paul's words are just as applicable to us, even though the context is a little different, because it's about unwrapping the beautiful gifts of God for the purposes of God. How many of you are, 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 have already received a gift for Mother's Day or are expecting you probably will later today? A few of you. Um, how many of you would take that gift, put it on a shelf, and leave it, and ignore it, and never touch it again? No, you would unwrap it, and hopefully use it for the purpose it's intended. And hopefully, your son or daughter get you a purpose, good, good gift that you can use and does bless you in some way. We, why would we not do the same with the gifts of that the, that the Holy Spirit gives? Uh, if you're wondering. Luke, why start back to front? Why go to chapter 14 today and then go back to chapter 12 next week? Paul says this, the seek the gift of prophecy first, and I'll come to prophecy and what it is, but seek the gift of prophecy first because it's greater in its purpose, essentially is what he's saying. 
rather than unpacking the entire suite of gifts, unpacking prophecy helps us keep our motivation in the right place. And, and it helps us learn principles to apply to all the, of the others. If we get prophecy right and what it's about, we'll have a better grasp of good and godly use of things like speaking in tongues, healing, etc. Our desire is Paul's desire, that we, en- that, that we and others are drawn deeper into the love of God by the Holy Spirit. And for this reason, he says, pursue this gift, prophecy. So, what on earth is prophecy? Let me start with what it's not. It's not foretelling the future. It's not about that or about uh, condemnation. Um, you know, I prophesy that you're, you're all, you know, going against God and so therefore you're going to blah, blah. It's, it's not about condemnation. It's not about foretelling the future, like in 10 years this is going to happen. It's not exactly what G- was pre-Jesus and pre-Pentecost. Now, there were prophets in the Old Testament. They did do some of these things. But, um, but it's, it's a little different in the context of Pentecost than us as, as the Spirit poured out on all flesh. Um, it's not for a few select special people. And it's not usually say usually because sometimes maybe depending on the person but it's not usually weird strange mystical out there like oh this is just completely strange and weird it's usually very normal and in fact you may have prophesied before without knowing it if you're a christian filled with the spirit what it is is hearing god's voice and speaking this to another person or group of people if you like it it's it's sort of passing a message to you um Inside, it could be as simple as, uh, I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you with this scripture. That is, in, in, in essence, prophecy. Uh, it is very powerful. It's, it's supernatural. It's, it's incredible what God can do. The power of his love poured out through this gift, through an ordinary person. And, uh, but it is also something that any Christian can do and learn to become more competent in, like a muscle. Or a, or a developing stamina for a marathon. So if you wanted to, to deadlift 100 kilograms, but you've never lifted a weight in your life, you probably wouldn't start with 100 kilograms, would you? Has anybody tried that? Right, you would start with one or two or five, and then you would build up the strength in that muscle until you could. Same with a, running a marathon. If you've never run 10 feet, don't start with a marathon. You won't get very far. But if you start with a kilometer and two kilometers and three, then eventually you'll be able to build that stamina and get to that point. In a similar way, we actually are to develop our prophetic muscles, if you like. We can learn and we can grow. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We're sheep if, we're his, if we follow him. My sheep hear my voice, John 10. Uh, hearing the creator of the universe speak to us is and speak personally to you is, the mo- without a doubt, one of the most profound and deeply moving and impacting things anyone can experience. If you've heard God speak a, a personal word to you before, it's life-changing. But it's also meant to be one of the most normal things we experience as followers of Jesus. It's not meant to be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's most to be normal. It's obviously more profound at certain points and in different ways, but my sheep hear my voice, Jesus said. The reason prophecy is such a wonderful gift, and please don't get caught up with the term and all of the connotations you may have with it, but the reason prophecy, just speaking what God is saying to the life of another, is such a wonderful gift, and that Paul says, eagerly desire this, 
is that it richly blesses both the person delivering the message and the person receiving a personal word from God. Think about 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Now, this is I've cut out a few words, but love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy or boast, love is not proud, love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrong. This, despite what you may have heard about prophecy and the prophetic, this is actually what genuine prophecy is all about. You could easily replace the word love with prophecy. It is not self-seeking. It is, it, it is patient. It is kind. And it's about God's love poured out through us into the life of another. That's all it's about. Deep encouragement, love, a wrapping of God's arms around you, around another person through ordinary people like you and I. Let me tell you some stories. Not necessarily all about prophecy, but just about God speaking to ordinary, untrained people like you and I. You may know the story of Samuel, right? Samuel was a little boy. God was speaking to him. He didn't realize that. He thought it was Eli's voice, but Eli helped him recognize. Eli was his mentor. Eli helped him recognize um, that uh, this is God speaking. When you hear it again, voice respond in this way. Well, Karen sent me a message. Karen, my wife, sent me a message the other day saying she was chatting to Micah and Micah said this. Micah's our four-year-old, if you don't know. And Karen's pregnant, if you don't know, just to give you some context. Um, Micah said, I opened my eyes, mummy, and asked God what the baby is. And God said, it's a girl. Karen said, how did you know it was God, Micah? And he said, it was like a roaring in my heart. Now, I spoke to Micah that evening, and I said, hey, Micah, mum said she were have, you were having a chat with her, and she said, um, and, and Micah said, um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I was praying and, and asked God, and God spoke to me, Daddy. And I said, oh, that's, that's, you know, he said it was a girl, and, and the baby was a girl, and, and I said, so what did it sound like, you know, what, what was this like? And, and he said, um, it was like, it, it was in, inside, like in my spirit or something like that. And I said, oh, okay. And, and, then he, and then he goes, and I hadn't said anything about Samuel or anything. He said, you remember the story of Samuel, Daddy? And Samuel spoke to the little boy. He spoke to me just the same. Now, here's the thing. We haven't had the scan <laughs> to go, is it a boy or a girl? So he may well have misheard. But who am I to say that, God, that Micah did not hear the voice of God that day? I, I actually genuinely believe that's the case. If he misheard because he really wants it to be a girl, which he does, that's all very well. Um, as do many of you, the number of you who have said, oh, this is good. it could be a girl, it could be a girl. Um, but the, th the point of sharing that story is simply this. God speaks to ordinary, untrained people, kids included. In fact, our, our kids upstairs are starting a curriculum today, which we've done before as a church, which the whole foundation is God speaks to us. And parents, you're going to have, the, you know, there's going to be things you'll, they'll take home to help them. There's little tools how to help them hear God's voice and process that. Um, engage with that. God speaks to untrained, ordinary people. Acts chapter 4, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, the scripture says, speaks the good news powerfully to Jewish leaders. Peter, the rock of the church, the one Jesus has commissioned. You know, you think, oh, okay, well, he's just a special, special man. It says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John... 
They realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They marveled and took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's it, that they'd been with Jesus. That was what gave them that, that impact. Those words, unschooled, ordinary men, in the Greek is the words grammatos idiotes. Literally, idiots who can't do grammar. Unschooled, ordinary men, but they'd been with Jesus. When we've been with Jesus, it doesn't matter if we're three, four years old or 45 years old or 94 years old. We've been with Jesus. We can hear the voice. My sheep hear my voice. Ordinary people. I, I, was, I'm, I still consider myself an ordinary person, not a super Christian because I'm a pastor or something like that. A very, uh, an ordinary person, and I struggle with this. I go, oh, God, I don't know how to hear your voice. And then I remember experiences that I've had like when I was um, at Bible college and, and um, probably second year at college, I think. And uh, we went away for a, a retreat, a um, bunch of young adults, and down in a shed in Margaret River somewhere. And one of the um, students said, hey, let's do a prayer activity. We're, we're going to go in a circle and we'll pray for each other. Like one person at a time, we will pray. And we'll share anything we think the Lord's saying, any pictures or words, prophetic words, essentially, to the people. Now, the context of this is, I, I had no reference point for this. Like, this is not anything I've seen or experienced in church before. I grew up in a uniting church, where it's just not there. And I'm around a whole bunch of Pentecostals. If you, you know, Pentecostals, Pentecost, much more comfortable with the things of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. So they're all like, they're growing up in this. This is their church background. This is everything they're used to. And I'm going, what on earth is this? I have no idea. And yet, as we're praying for one person, I can't even remember who it was, I had the, the, in, on my mind's eye, if you like, a picture of a flower come to my mind. And I thought, that's weird. I'm not sure what to do with this, other than they all seem to be sharing the pictures or words they're sensing God give them. And so what did I do? I didn't say anything. <laughs> and yet, a minute later, somebody else praying said for the person we're praying for i have a picture of a flower for you and i think it means this and i went oh i think i heard god say something in a what i understand now is prophecy and that was just something that stuck stuck with me that i had no no reference why i wasn't a trained pentecostal or something like that in the context of this but I, but god seemed to speak last week um i mean as i said i still am exercising this prophetic muscle. Last week, but, uh, we, 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 I talked about stepping out um, in faith, taking a risk, and as we were worshipping, I was just listening. God, is there anything you want to say to encourage someone with? Just practicing this whole thing. And we were singing through songs, first song, second song, third song, no, nothing really. I thought, okay, that's fine. Nothing today, Lord. And 30 seconds before the end of the last song, which was about Jesus, Cornerstone was the song, I thought the the song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, came to mind. And I went, yeah, that's just my mind. <laughs> that's just me. But I've learned, I guess, over time, not to necessarily assume these things are just my mind. So I stood up, and you probably remember, I kind of quite sheepishly said, I think we need to sing Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. And so we sung Jesus Loves Me, This I Know. And then I said, I think maybe want some people need to be encouraged with that this morning. And then we moved on to the next part of the service. Somebody emailed me afterwards, somebody who was watching online, someone who's part of our church family, I won't say who, who has been, who'd been through a particularly challenging week. And they said, thank you for singing that song. That 
brought me back to something in childhood and it was exactly what I needed. I felt a profound sense of God's love through singing that song. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I've just learned over time that, you know, I can preach risk in stepping out and then not practice what I preach or go, you know what, no harm done if we sing Jesus loves me, this I know, and we all just kind of sing it and go, oh, that was nice. But, but it was, it's not heresy or anything, I don't think. Um, but actually, if we, if we are sensitive to the whispers of the Holy Spirit and we go, actually, a sense this might be for someone to encourage them, that is prophecy. Um, I preached on risk and stepping out in faith last Sunday. And... Um, because this is the process by which we exercise those muscles um, and, and develop that stamina and learn in this area to become familiar with the Spirit's voice and exercise this gift. Not once have I ever been 100% or even probably 75% sure that the prophetic word was correct. But more often than not, as long as the important criteria have been considered, the prophecy or just sharing what I thought was God is a blessing for the person. The criteria being, does it align with Scripture? Holy Spirit never speaks outside of Scripture, um, as in something that doesn't align with Scripture. Is it um, about motivation of obedience to God and love for people? And is it, if it's not sin, then it's, there's a really good chance it's God. There is some more wisdom needed, though. I'm not going to just leave it at that. And here's where some of the caution and, and guidance comes in. I know I'm a little longer than usual today. But this is so important. Um, Kath Livesey, who a number of us in the congregation have done some training with around this, around prophecy, says where prophecy goes wrong is when we don't understand its purpose and how to use it wisely. And there are three components. Revelation, God speaking, a revelation of something God's saying or showing. Interpretation, which of course is needed if all you get is a picture of a flower, for example. And application. God speaks to his children. Every single one of us can receive a revelation from God, a personal word, a message, a something for someone. God's um, interpreting, though, requires practice and sensitivity. And so often things can go wrong if we go, oh, I've got this word, but I, I interpret it to mean this. That's where we need practice, sensitivity. We need to walk with others and go, hey, I've received this, but this is what I think it means, but maybe run it by a leader or somebody else who can help you discern. And application is not our responsibility if we're delivering a message. This is where prophecy goes really wrong. I, re I feel I have a word of the Lord for you from this scripture, and I think it means that you need to go and do this. That's where prophecy goes wrong and where it's misused, because we assume we must give the application to the person. All we're responsible to do is leave the word of encouragement that God places on our heart for the person or people and say it's your responsibility to do with this as you see fit. Um, this is why Paul advises later in 1 Corinthians to weigh prophetic words. Run them by the leaders of the church, for example. So prayerful consideration can be given in an, if an interpretation is unclear. This is what we're actually currently doing. This is not like, oh, this is totally out of the blue. Uh, there's been about mm, a dozen people have been have messaged every Sunday morning in the last three weeks to say, if you, ha if you feel you have a word to encourage the congregation, a scripture or something, let me know, come speak to me or set, send it to my phone. Um, I'm not, we're not just going to give you the mic, jump up and say whatever you think you need to say, but if there's something to encourage, let, let me know. 
Um, there's people in our church who have done some training around this. So Paul's words in chapter 12, these words, do not be uninformed. They are so, so important. We must not be misinformed. We must not uh, neglect the caution and the guidance and the, the important, correct use of these gifts, lest they be misused. But so are his words in chapter 14 important. Listen to this again. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Don't go, oh, we'll just follow the way of love, full stop, let's avoid this. We actually follow the way of love as we pursue these beautiful gifts. The way of love is building others up, encouragement of who they are in God's eyes, the Holy Spirit drawing them and us deeper into the heart of the Father, the personal loving voice of the Father spoken to you and to I in a way that is beyond and more profound than in just our natural ability. Of course, we can encourage one another in just words of encouragement and affirmation, but when God does it, and that's undeniable, it's powerful, and we ought to pursue this. Of course, it starts with a step of faith, an openness to the Holy Spirit, a willingness to trust Him, to let Him speak. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray as we've been praying every week. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We invite Him to come. And then we just listen for His whispers. Now, if you've been exercising your prophetic muscles, so to speak, for years and years, I'd encourage you, um, please share what, what you feel the Lord is saying. But if this is kind of like, I, I have no reference point for this, like I was when I was 19, like I have no understanding, never experienced this before. Here's what I would encourage you to do if this is brand new territory. Ask God to place on your heart or mind a scripture to encourage the church with. That's it. That's it. Anybody feel like that would be out of the realm of possibility for them? To go, oh, I, I feel like this... The story of the Good Samaritan or the, the, would, would encourage us right now. I encourage you to be open. We, we, we are committed to a church, as a church, to, to exercising the gifts of the Spirit and following the Holy Spirit in a way that is biblically sound and guided. But there's also the need to be open. Take a step of faith. And so for those who are watching online, you can uh, use the, the phone number if you have it for the church. You can also just type in the chat or you can um, uh, use a um, private message to myself once I log in in a second. For those in the room, that message that you got earlier, if you got it, or the number on the screen, which is the same number, if you have something, a, a Bible verse, a scripture, just an encouragement, or if you've been exercising these muscles for a little longer, a picture or a word, Please send it through as we worship today. And what I've seen happen time and time again is that we think, no, that's, that's nothing. But then when three or four people uh, share something and it, and it starts to align together, we go, you know what? God's actually speaking through his people to his people. It's powerful. It's loving. And that truth I began with, that God's love is so extravagant and so wonderful and we could, could never comprehend this, we experience this as he speaks to us. My sheep hear my voice. So I encourage you, be open. We're going to spend a few minutes just in silence to pray, and then the team's going to lead us in worship, anytime during worship. 
I encourage you to be open, to be listening to God and share anything you feel the Lord puts on your mind. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here already. We thank you for the beautiful gifts you give to those who call Jesus Lord and who have been filled by yourself, but who are filled with the Spirit because we say Jesus is Lord. But I do pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come again, that you would fill this place, that you would fill our hearts to overflowing. And as we wait on you, Holy Spirit, as we invite you personally into our heart, into our mind, you would whisper encouragement for this church family through us. Come, Holy Spirit.